Hi everybody, welcome to the Gaming News Power Power brought to you by Take the Studios. Today we discuss in detail Microsoft and Google's ambitious plans for the future of gaming and how realistic it is currently, as well as what it may do to the future landscape. Now for the intros of who will be on this podcast today. There's four of us. My name is Spencer. I'm Joshua. I'm Hannah. I am Fiji, natural artisan water, straight from the islands of Fiji. Oh, okay, what's our happening? sponsor today is Dylan. <laughs> His wait, name's Dylan or Anna. <clears throat> no, wait, do we confuse it too? I think you read the sponsor instead of your name. Damn. Yeah, we're totally sponsored. That's the way it works. Um, <laughs> we forgot our uh, water sponsor. Yeah. For, right, for it's to water. wash down the White Castle cheeseburgers from our <laughs> sponsorship. It's called tap water. Um, no, so our, our, our our icebreaker today, as every week, is what you've been playing. Anyone got anything you want to talk about? A game that they've been playing this past week? I have gotten back into um, Breath of the Wild hard mode and have all day been playing on the Trial of the Sword, and um, that's quite awful. And I did experience some suicidal ideation doing that. Just want to let everyone know. How so? How, how is the uh, the one hit for one hit weapon? How much did you love that? Um, a lot, a lot. I broke one of my Joy Cons. No, you didn't. So I, I need a discount on one of those. Oh, my God. Uh, so basically the way that DLC worked is it becomes survival horror uh, for either hard mode or Trial of the Sword, especially both combined. I don't know why you did yeah. that to yourself. Well, I've never done Trial of the Sword anyway, so I thought it might not be too terrible. I literally had no idea what it was composed of. Uh, and no, it shouldn't exist in hard mode. You should just given double damage on the master sword without that trial oh man so yeah not only uh that's actually not to upgrade the master sword oh man that's uh those are the trials in the cookery forest um or whatever forest it was lost woods what they call the cork forest? forest yeah the cork forest um looks like the lost woods actually it is the lost woods whatever um yeah canonically um but anyway yes uh you uh that what you're going for is you're eventually going to be working towards um a fifth divine beast oh okay, the dlc that's, that you've cool. got has a hard mode a fifth divine beast trial of the sword and um and uh yeah the trial of the sword are you actually doing the one that gives you the weapon that's a uh, hit for hit <clears throat> oh, uh, hey, sorry, uh, listeners, you stopped <laughs> our Breath of the Wild podcast. Uh, we're going to interrupt it real quick with some gaming news and uh, icebreakers. Uh, yeah, sorry, the greatest game of all time, um, statistically. We will move on. Anyone else got a game that they have been playing lately? I, too, have been playing Breath of the Wild on Heart and I'm just playing. <laughs> That'd be great. I've been pl- in light of Mortal Kombat 11... I've been playing Mortal Kombat X. That's 10. That's 10. That's the 10th Mortal Kombat for all of you at home. Uh, actually, XL. You want me to get real specific, Spencer? Ooh, ooh. That's the bigger one. The girls like that. 
Oh my goodness. And, um... <laughs> XL has the know. DLC. It's it's really cool. It's got Leatherface. So how, how have you been having uh, fun maining Scorpion? Fucking love him. More than... More than, uh, you know, I love my mother. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna get a tattoo of him. Um, do you really main Scorpion? I do. That is true. Oh my god, you do. That's that's cool. That's cool. Why? Who do you main? Uh, on XL? Yeah. Um, Alien? Good, good pick. Yeah, it's a cheap yeah. one. He's kind of like uh, the um, he's kind of like the Blanca of the game, where you can just kind of like spam moves. Uh, yeah. Well, Josh knows all about who I play on uh, Mortal Kombat uh, because of our tournament video. <clears throat> oh uh, yeah, here in black. Oh, I like here in black. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's real fun to use against Jax. Just ask Josh. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, you can you can watch that on youtubecom Studios. You can watch it on Mortal Kombat Tournament for Charity. Uh, you can watch Lee beat down Josh. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's it was not... a it was a fixed fight, and it was really funny because I still made him earn it. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen the Noob Cybot reveal trailer for MK11, I quite definitely good. recommend that. Yeah, yeah did. quite yeah. good. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, my favorite reveal trailer so far has been Johnny Cage, though, with the last figure. This is great. It's great. I hate him, so. <sighs> okay. To shift it with our icebreaker, <clears throat> I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen To go from Blood and Violence, I'm going to uh, Cat Girls and uh, Japanese Fantasy. Um, so, it's pretty cool. The it's online still... Final Fantasy? Yeah, yeah. Ah, neat. Kimberly played the crap Actually, out of that. I'm uh, I'm playing the free version right now, which apparently gives you 35 levels or something like that. Yeah, it seems pretty pretty interesting. The... Uh, and I've been playing uh, Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms as always. Yeah. Um. Uh. Neat thing about Final Fantasy 14 it's probably got the coolest story of any video game period because it launched and was very poorly received and it was just awful. Like overall, things were broken. They had a really really hardcore base, but it didn't just it just didn't make any money. So what they did was they shut down the servers um and to rework the whole game. But how they did it was it was an in game story. There was a, a moon that was coming to uh, or no, it was a dragon that destroyed the whole world. Either way, uh, the world was destroyed, and that's when the server, like, right when the world was destroyed was when the server shut off. So then when people came back, it was a whole new world, new story, and you had only a few heroes from that first run carry over, and they reworked it, and people have loved it since. They've kept evolving the story, but it's a really organic video game. Like, its whole history is... It feels solid. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really neat. I like it. I, I enjoy everything about the game. The visuals are cool, the gameplay is cool, and the story is really neat. Uh, I've been playing Octopath uh, forever because I play it for like an hour a day uh, on the treadmill because it's really easy, turn-based. Pop off the Joy-Cons, put the uh, Switch screen up on the treadmill, and then just go to town because you don't have to have like good timing or anything, so that's cool. Uh, I've been playing uh, Raging Justice on the Switch. It was uh, it's like an old-school beat-em-up. It looks like those um, clay 3D model looking games you used to get on Super Nintendo, like Donkey Kong Country. Um, it's really oh, yeah. neat. Or Clay Fighters. <clears throat> or Clay Fighters. It's, yeah, it's like one of those games visually mixed with Streets of Rage. It's really fun. It's, hmm. like, it's like three players. Uh, yeah, but that's cool. 
And that's all for our icebreaker and what we've been playing lately. Now, it's time for, well, everyone's favorite thing to do, the Gaming News Rundown. Epic vs. Steam continues as Epic says the new Metro, which they exclusively sold on Epic, sold 2.5 times better than the last game did on Steam. Uh, Ubisoft also extended their deal with Epic. King Epic does feel bad for pulling Metro into their safe bosom so late into the game, and vows to make exclusive deals way earlier and eventually phase that strategy out. Last Epic news, I swear, but 40% of Epic users say they don't have Steam. Also, your girlfriend was totally a virgin before you. (laughs) It's totally true. Steam, desperate for some good PR, has a redesign for their user libraries, and it's a hot mess. Speaking of hot messes, Battlefield 5's Battle Royale mode, uh, Firestorm, drops within hours. Also, in news of games that keep going despite terrible launches, No Man's Sky is really sticking with it, as they will release more free DLC starting with an online mode, kinda a semi-MMO. Follow up to 343's Pizza Woes, Halo 5 added a pizza skin to its guns. Another shooter that scorned more than it made happy, Anthem, was the best-selling game of February. Ugh. To start off March sales, Devil May Cry 5 has sold 5 million copies. It's Sunu bought 1 million of those. An indie direct happened this week, which confirmed Cuphead on the Switch, as well as every other indie game that's ever been made and ever will be made, as well as other games like Baldur's Gate. What? This led Microsoft to confirm Xbox Live is coming to Switch. Quantic Dreams PlayStation Trilogy is coming to Epic Store on PC, which means you can finally play two great games, two great games, and Detroit Become Human. Oh my god, that's terrible. Google announced Stadia, and in response, Walmart looking into game streaming service. Really, not a lie. It's to go along with their great line of gaming desktops. And Mortal Kombat 11 unveiled Kotokan. He was actually uh, fatalized in his reveal. Uh, so be ready to shout that famous Star Trek quote when the inferior servers cause you to lose because you could, totally don't suck. And you almost now made it. it. Ugh. It's good. Well, That's good. That's a good try. We were just going to talk about how GameStop has a new CEO and uh, you were going to shit on Sea of Thieves in the script one more time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. Sea of Thieves was such a disappointment. I was uh, super... So was the- Sea of Thieves bad because it was Sea of Thieves or because it wasn't Assassin's Creed Black Flag? Uh, no, because it was Sea of Thieves. I was totally not... I know what I'm looking for in Black Flag, which is um, the Skull and Bones game. And I knew, alright, well, I mean, you don't just have to have one freaking pirate game on the market, so I can have Skull and Bones for the great deep naval combat and you know, then Sea of Thieves for the kind of more whimsical version of Pirates. But there was nothing to the game for like months. I let my Game Pass keep going for months for no good reason. That $30 could have bought me like 10 indie games that were quality. So I'm just really mad at their their quality of the game at launch. Not uh, it, People thought Fallout 76 didn't have anything or that Anthem doesn't have an end game. Sea of Thieves doesn't have a game. When it launched, there was nothing. You could kind of pirate a ship to another empty island, a little more empty than the island you start off on, but there's nothing to that game. Well, sorry, I'm so mad. Because of all the people who are upset about uh, Epic, uh, you will probably get a rise of even more pirated games in the future. I mean, pirate games in the future. (sighs) Great. I love the negative. Negative vibe already? Ah, I didn't want to. Sorry. No, we're not gonna go. We're going to get positive, starting with the the negative zone podcast. Ah, no, No, it's going to get positive. There's a lot to look forward to. The future is here, and speaking of the future being here, we're here at Microsoft and Google, and they're pushing everything forward. It's time to start our topics. (laughs) 
Big tech companies spying on you through your gaming software. <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, oh, no, this is supposed to be positive. Um, You can play games without having good stuff. Uh, yeah, the fact that you can stream onto anything is cool. It it gives you an option to go portable. It gives you an option for not everyone to have to have a beefed-up computer. Like, the whole point of both of what Microsoft and, and Google are doing is, is really cool. Um, so let's start with the Microsoft version of this. Because I feel like not only was this topic not covered by mainstream gaming media that much... Uh, Project X Cloud. I feel like it wasn't covered that much, especially when you look at Google Stadia and how much coverage it's gotten. So I want to cover uh, the um, Azure stack that evolved in the Project X Cloud, X Cloud um, before we go into Google Stadia because everyone and their mothers covered Google Stadia, and I feel like X Cloud was really overlooked. Um, <clears throat> so Microsoft has done a lot of stuff from fighting the government on like what the actual numbers are for um, households that have access to real broadband internet. Like they've been fighting the FCC on actual numbers. Um, and they have also been looking at trying to evolve the infrastructure here, like at home and trying to push it forward. And the fact that Microsoft is pushing it, not just Google is probably like, you know, kind of a, a better situation um, because we, America does have a pretty all right. So the biggest biggest discussion. Let's start it right now. Get everyone's take. Uh, do you think that gaming st- streaming games is possible right now, or even anytime soon? I do not think. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I do not think it's going to be properly executed within this year, like Microsoft uh, plans on being able to start their beta testing. If they are going to do beta testing, and things can be really limited, and I don't think I don't think we would see it really work out well um, and be accessible by a lot of people like they want to try to say it will be for maybe a few years. It's my basic um, overview yeah, of it at the moment. It's entirely where you live in the country because you know I've lived in places that it would have totally been possible and there wouldn't have been a single problem with it, um, but. In the southeast, especially, you know, just where I know about, we still have people that come in where I work uh, and ask about getting (laughs) Ring and Arlo cameras and stuff with satellite internet, and they have download speeds of, like, nine. Yep. Just nine. (laughs) And their upload is, like, (laughs) exactly one-third of a quarter of a megabit per second. Oh, that's good. And, you know, they're like, oh, you get used to it. Um, and it's like, I, I don't I don't think I could. Um, and, and so, like, the thing of it is, I think it comes down to a question of the system and how much is Microsoft and Google willing to fight it? Because in a lot of places, you have oligopolies in place. So these companies kind of take care of each other and watch each other's backs to ensure that nobody new can move in and start offering internet and stuff like that. And it, it shows in a lot of places. Yep. Um, so I think that has to change first uh, before this is going to be a thing that'll be um, done. And the other thing, too, is people like buying video game consoles still. Uh, people like having overpowered hardware for their uh, clicker games like me. Um, <laughs> you know, so I think until that changes, uh, this will just be kind of a 
a cool niche thing that will probably take, I would say, around a decade to really catch on and be kind of a normal thing. In the U.S. at least. I think in other parts of the world, uh, it'll, I, I think it'll have no problem catching um yeah anyone else got any opinions on that do you do you do you guys know exactly where the u.s ranks in internet speed where does it it ranks 10th i'll list one through nine real quick uh in order from one to nine south korea norway sweden hong kong switzerland finland singapore japan and denmark yeah that makes sense that's right singapore (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's kind of bad though if we're number 10 considering all the places that have crappy internet in the US still uh, that doesn't bode well yeah it it doesn't um, uh, and you know what there's two different surveys too if you go by there's uh, if you go by a different survey um, we're actually ranked 20th I would think that'd probably be more accurate what honestly. survey are you pulling the 10 from, and what survey are you getting the 20 from? There's a, a Kami uh, Technologies has put us at 10, and um, the MLab survey has us at 20. I trust MLab. You do? Yeah. You know them? Yeah, I use some of their services there. Uh, they host a certain type of database um, that I use a lot, and uh, they're really like renowned, so I would trust them. Great. So let me read 1 through 19 for you. <laughs> uh, it starts with Singapore, and then it goes to Sweden. I'm just mad at Singapore. Then it goes to Sweden, then Denmark, then Norway, then Romania, then Belgium, then Netherlands, then Luxembourg, then Hungary, then uh, Jersey, then Switzerland, then Japan, then Latvia, then the Republic of China, then Estonia, then Spain, then Lithuania, then Andorra, then Hong Kong, and then the United States. Where does Vatican City rank? Molestation. Oh, God. <laughs> God. Uh, no, I just wanted to see, like, I wanted to see, uh, you know, how good is God's internet, basically. Well, Israel's is at 70. Oh, no, really? No, no the Damn. second God. God from oh, the sequel. The sequel, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the trilogy God is number 20, you know, Book of Mormon, so. Vatican City is <laughs> oh, not in the top 90. That's all they'll give me. They'll just give me 90. Yeah, I highly doubt that. I bet I bet the Pope's got some freaking ballin' internet. I, just, <laughs> I, I can see why they wouldn't give them access because of, like you said, all the you know child pornography and stuff like that on the <laughs> probably. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're Catholic, but, I mean, it's true. Um, it's so, your fault, though. Uh, Dylan, optional. Dylan, what do you think about the, uh, about the gaming streaming future? I mean, it, it sounds pretty obvious uh, right now. It's just not that internet speeds aren't ready for it. Um, you know, we rank 20th. The Republic of China <laughs> is above us. And so I don't even necessarily it completely relies off of users. speed. obviously does because you're having to stream high, you know, high def video. Um, but I, even though Microsoft is so huge, I still do not trust their infrastructure. Azure is awesome. Azure does a lot of cool stuff. And that's also the thing is it does a lot of cool stuff. And so I think this is a huge undertaking to take on as big as Microsoft is, as big as their stakes in gaming is, obviously, because it's Xbox. I have not trusted them to follow through with all of the boasting that their Azure platform has to offer. 
Now, and I've I've worked with it uh, on a few different projects, and I've done a lot of personal stuff with it. And it's from a software side, it could be very different with you know, these game engines like Unity and um, Unreal. Their integration to it, it might be really awesome and seamless, but it just hasn't been very friendly to a lot of a lot of other developers compared to other platforms like Amazon and, in some cases, Google. All right, so um, you trust MLab, so I'm going to go based off of their stats. Megabits per second, um, the United States average for our country is 25.86. That's the average. Now, there's a lot of highs, and there's a lot of lows. I live in the, We all live in the southeast, so we see where these lows would come from. But, I mean, there's some places where the highs would come from in the same place. Like me, for instance, I live in small town, Anniston, Alabama. And um, uh, just for instance, I was streaming uh, Rebel Heart through Amazon Music. I was um, watching ESPN wrap-ups on Snapchat. I was watching... Um, friend of the show Rachel on Twitch she was drawing uh, and I did a speed test um, because I have that's that's how my mind works and all those things going at one time and I was like I'll just speed test real quick and I had an average of 48 download and 20 upload and that's with the cheapest um, $40 plan that you can get um, right now through AT&T where I live and that's that's like if you live in a city that's doable and then once you don't live in the city that's nowhere doable. Because I also have friends at work. Um, uh, one, and she's married, and uh, they both um, play games. And he, uh, her husband, um, actually bought one of my collector's editions of Fallout 76 from me. And he plays connected to his phone when it decides to get full bars just to play 76. Not even stream it and play it, just to play it. So does anyone realistically think that cell phones can keep up with um, either xCloud or what Google is promising before we get into Google stuff? Well, <clears throat> I'm sorry, you go on. Oh, okay, so with phones, uh, it entirely depends on how how government regulation wants to work. <clears throat> because certain companies, you know, like Sprint and T-Mobile and stuff, wanting to merge to produce what, you know, they're, what they're want to classify as 5g and stuff like that yeah that kind of stuff in the places that they've already tested it has shown that it could in fact handle those kinds of speeds and do more and stuff however we're still kind of a long way from that and really all of this kind of stuff is like i feel like the problem is that with tech in the world we're kind of trying to do too much too soon um I'd say Project X Cloud. I'll go on record as saying um, Microsoft Project X Cloud. It's kind of like a cucumber in your butthole. You don't want to start <laughs> there. You want to start with something like, say, for instance, better internet would be like the uh, the lubrication and no doubt music uh, playing in the background, uh, and then you know, like uh, better uh, access to that internet would be like the the candles uh, lit around the bed. So you want to you want to kind of get that stuff first before you start on something like Project X Cloud. Um, yeah, the the average speed for four G LTE just to throw it out there is anywhere from from twelve to thirty megabits uh, per second, and 
Um, the actually AT and T just got in a little bit of hot water. Uh, there's uh, you can check on trustedreviews.com. It's the article from literally two days ago where the 5G E speeds right now the AT and T has advertising on their phones and stuff is actually slower than 4G top speeds. Oh, oh that makes yeah, sense. So <clears throat> what it did. Uh, this is kind of a misnomer. People think everything has to do with the speeds on it. Uh, it's almost the same way that kind of like um, Mimo uh, works on routers and stuff like that. They're not increasing. Think of it as a highway. They're not increasing the speed limit. They're increasing the number of lanes and the number of on and off ramps uh, which, to get onto that highway. Which but that would allow more people to they have need to market their... it that way. Yeah. Yeah. That would allow because more people to have is... that thirty megabits per second speed instead of twelve. Right. Yeah. Right, because the thing is, the speed is adequate the majority of the time. The amount of items on it are not, because people don't think about how many items they connect nowadays. Um, I mean, <laughs> even when people are away from home, they may have like uh, their ring doorbell and you know ring camera system running on the outside with a D-Link pet cam with their Roomba running circles around while their Hue lights are programmed to a thing. <laughs> And you're like, yeah, I'm not at home. Nobody's using the internet. It's like, no, there. It probably is still doing something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, yeah. Let's just remember these numbers that I've been throwing out for when we get to the next topic. I still don't want to leave Microsoft yet. Um, Microsoft, to me, has always sort of done things before they were ready. Um, I'm mainly thinking about the Connect. Oh, oh, I thought we were talking about the Catholics again. My bad. Oh man. <laughs> oh. But yeah, yeah, you you're you're nailing the head with the Connect. Um, the the Connect actually has more um, usefulness outside of gaming than it does yeah. in gaming. But it's, yeah, but they were ahead of the curve with that. And so, I, with the Connect, the consumer market, uh, as well as a lot of um, devices and services that never really follow through. Um, the consumer markets didn't want it. I think a lot of consumers would love that convenience of, hey, I just watched this ad of Assassin's Creed on YouTube and I can hit play and I can play a demo in my browser. Um, I think that you know, to be able to move from one device to the other where the game state also transfers seamlessly, that is talking about Google uh, specifically, but it's the general idea of playing on any device. No one would mind... Um, being able to play on 15 different devices with varying hardware. Uh, so I, I do think that consumers like that. So yes. I think that there's backing with it there. My main issue is I don't think the infrastructure is really there yet. I mean, um, <clears throat> wouldn't the machines, or I say machines broadly, wouldn't you have to have, say, a really powerful computer? Or could, are they planning on doing it on Xbox? So the, the entire concept of this is that the cloud is computing it and streaming uh, the relevant data to you, primarily being video and audio. Everything else is really being computed on the cloud. That's yeah. where I'm seeing the infrastructure would, failing there. Would that not take more, say, RAM or, I mean... Oh, it's very resource-intensive, but it's resource-intensive on their end, yeah, yeah, not on, their on the end. consumer's end. Yeah. It would cost a lot for them to be able to do that, and they have to have huge mega servers set up for all of this. However, on our end, Xbox, and I like that. Um, I'm glad Josh went there with that because uh, this 
this gives a bridge. If this can work out, it gives a bridge for Microsoft to leave the hardware space and go purely into software service providing. Because as you see in a lot of retail stores, services is what matters. The hardware sales isn't what matter. And Microsoft is someone who's been scratching and clawing to stay relevant. Ever since they entered the gaming space, they have yet to win a generation sales. Like, uh, when they first launched, they were barely above the GameCube, and both of them got destroyed by PS2. In the Wii PS3 360 era, 360 was last. Um, and now, it's getting outsold 3-1 to one to the PS4, and it got surpassed by the Switch within one year. And it had like a four-year head start. So, Microsoft, honestly, they, can, they have so many resources... Xbox was just Bill Gates' little project. He loves video games. So he wanted to do a project. That's what trillionaires do. And that's what Microsoft is. Xbox is. Now, what if Xbox isn't a box anymore? What if it's the services and the games they provide through cloud, where their money isn't invested in these plastic boxes that actually lose money with every sale? Instead, they're investing in the servers that host games that anyone can play anywhere as long as they have subscriptions. Um... That's and what I, I think. Th- the subscriptions are the uh, the big <clears throat> thing for the future because everything is subscription based. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- let me just give you um, a rundown on they. Here's my reasoning for thinking they they want to go service based and not hardware based. I won't say just you know software service based. Uh, they bought five in the last calendar year, twelve months. They have bought five big time um, studios. The Initiative, which was actually built from the ground up uh, by former Crystal Dynamics employees in Santa Monica, basically to go head-to-head head with the God of War creators over on the PlayStation uh, side. Uh, then they have Undead Labs, who they bought out because they had State of the Decay. Um, Playground Games, uh, who they made uh, the Forza series for Microsoft for so long, they decided, oh, I'm just going to buy them out. Um, Ninja Theory, uh, they are the ones who make Devil May Cry, Hellblade's the newest sacrifice, and Compulsion Games, who made We Happy few which i loved uh they bought out those five and they actually everyone they actually have uh bought out obsidian i believe they bought or they are funding obsidian i believe at the moment um they either purchased obsidian outright or they are funding them directly but um obsidian has outer worlds coming out uh and i think console wise it may just go to xbox eventually not sure we'll see when it actually releases and when it has a real release date uh they have ex- a, uh, exile entertainment uh they do like the bard's tale games and they're doing waste- wasteland 3 now um ninja theory is working on new stuff you have all these people that microsoft owns now it's kind of like what nintendo and playstation have done they finally want to move into it but partnered with the idea of going through and and trying to become a streaming service and the Xbox Game Pass and everything they've done that's just based off of services over the last year, it feels like, yeah, they're going to... They want to be the Netflix of games before anyone else is. I've yeah, noticed, that, that, sorry. I've noticed... Um, I remember watching E3, um, the Microsoft E3 showcase one year, and they sort of marketed the Xbox, not as a gaming platform, but as like a family, I don't know, like this family console where you can watch Netflix and all that. But you can do that with the PS4. So why are you marketing it like that? Uh, well, I, think I think one of the 
the okay. dramatic shift of going to the service space from the new CEO. Next one, previous CEO there. And he is huge on advancing the Azure platform. And so I think he wants to move the entire company to that kind of software as a service platform as a service kind of industry, except for their um, you know, service, uh, Surface uh, hardware line. Um, yeah, and, and the services, that that really, I mean, that's what makes sense, right? Um, you've got, uh, just if you have Game Pass, um, you've got uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Just Cause 4, Crackdown 3. Um, you've got several brand new games that have just come out that are on Xbox Game Pass. And it's $10 a month, and you can play tons of games. Mortal Kombat X is on there. Um, Sniper Elite, uh... If you want to torture yourself, Sea of Thieves is on there. All Xbox, it only costs you $10 a month and you're guaranteed all of Xbox's exclusive first-party games. So, I mean, they don't even care about selling the discs anymore. And I do imagine that going up, uh, once they really start pushing this probably next year or next two years, push the price going up to support this platform. Uh, yeah, and that, that's possible unless they want to charge something entirely different for Xbox Live. What if Xbox Live meant something different? And them going to the Switch with Xbox Live, um, and then, I mean, they, they have so many different ties to everyone but PlayStation. Uh, you can stream your PC games to your Xbox to play. Uh, you can actually, uh, games anywhere means you can buy a game on Xbox One and then play it on PC. They're putting Halo uh, Master Chief Collection on Steam. Like, they really just care about making their money not really being worried about being an exclusive console anymore. Like, that's what it feels like. I mean, Xbox Live is going into Nintendo. Nintendo couldn't get their online infrastructure. Well, their online games are fine, but there's not really an online community. And so they're relying on Xbox Live, and that may be what phones do and everyone else does in the future. It's. I'd say it's very possible, because like, you just look at the, uh, the Windows phone platform. Um, I mean, now... It's not really like we we barely even get Windows phones in where I work to like you know have people replace them and stuff. Most of them have already been cycled out. Yeah, I didn't um, even know they existed anymore. <laughs> you still see them from time to time, but yeah, mostly it's software. It's Office on phones and yep. you know Word on phones and tablets and stuff like that. So that's kind of the way that it's gone. It feels like. Yeah. So, uh, moving on from Microsoft, we can, uh, unless anyone else has any more things to say about Microsoft before we move on to Google? Anybody? Well, Anybody? I know when we move on to Google, I'll probably still reference a few things to Microsoft. That's fine. Let's save it. That's fine. Let's go on to Google Stadia. So, uh, obviously, at GDC this year, just about a week ago, Google Stadia was announced, and that is a purely streaming game software thing. Uh, there's not a lot of information out there on it. Like, we got some of the speeds, like, you know, internet speed requirements, stuff like that out there, but we still don't know what platforms, like, devices it can really work, because the way they worded it, they said, anything with a Chrome browser. Yeah. And I'm like, does that mean Android-based phones and tablets and uh, computers? So, yes. Um, I've I've already kind of looked into this kind of stuff before it was really even announced. Like, I've seen like you know other project names and stuff, and seeing people test it out, um, and this kind of stuff. It was seamless from the phone to even an Android TV. Um, that was kind of the whole thing is like you know Ooh. being able to sit there with your remote 
on your big 60 inch Android TV and play your game and then put it right back to your phone as you go to the bathroom, <laughs> that kind of stuff, play it on your phone, come back and go back to your TV. That's kind of the future that they're looking for. And that's why like the Chrome browser is so important. Uh, and it's not just this. It's almost like, you know, Google's kind of setting up everything as it is anyway, because for instance, with, you know, their latest update, Android Pie, more importantly, they've kind of gone to Android One, like a, a kind of user interface that is somewhat streamlined and somewhat the same between all devices. And I feel like a lot of the reason that you're seeing this kind of, uh, you know, hegemony amongst uh, technology devices involving Google is because they're wanting to make sure that they have a way to make all of their future, uh, let's say, games and products as services um, work on all their devices without hiccups. Mm. And with, um, yeah, they are going to base it, um, just use Google Chrome on whatever, <clears throat> sorry, use Google Chrome on whatever device. And I do trust that they could get the speed's probably working well and working with some minimal-ish hardware because they invest into Google Chrome a lot, obviously, because it's Google Chrome, um, because they, they they are an internet company. That's what they are. They dominate all of the internet because of their Chrome browser is so popular. So I do trust uh, Google to really try to get the, the speeds working on some minimal hardware since they are leading the internet really in uh, cross compatibility with the Chrome browser. And it's because of them that software companies are starting to use web technologies to, to build their software, not just simple websites or even just simple web applications anymore. Because the JavaScript engine that Chrome uses, uh, it's called the V8 engine, and that's what interprets JavaScript, which is the programming language of the internet. They've made it so efficient that it almost runs as fast as C++, and uh, it's a little jargony, but that runs close to machine uh, level speeds, machine level, machine language level speeds. Uh, so I would trust them to be able to make it completely cross compatible among their browser and actually be able to work fluidly. I trust them with that more than Microsoft. However, I don't really trust them to follow through with it entirely. So you think it's just another uh, pet project for old, uh, old William Gates there? Uh, this is something his company is dipping their toes in, but they don't really have the intention of following through as much as Google. Is that what you're saying? As, as much as Microsoft? Um, yeah. 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 Because uh, they, they dip their hands in a lot of different uh, technologies and a lot of different stuff that they never follow through with. They make a lot of different kinds of hardware that you never see hit the market with intentions of maybe we'll incorporate into some of our phones or smart devices, but it just never really gets there. And I feel like the only reason they care to really try to make an announcement about this or, or be vocal is because they know that other people might start getting into it. Microsoft, it's it was inevitable that they were going to get into this. And it's very possible that Amazon, AWS, might get into this. They even did, you know, well, they didn't really create, but they bought a game engine that they now sell um, for people to use for free use up to a certain amount. And they have amazing cloud platforms they're likely to get into it if this starts going. So I think this was Google trying to well, just get their investors yeah, you, behind you it. You even have NVIDIA with like the Shield and stuff like that. So, I mean, I guess in the future, if uh, the gaming, uh, let's say graphics card makers, 
you know, most of their cards are going towards like cloud computing and stuff. Their new consumer stuff will probably be their <laughs> gaming uh, platforms that they do or controllers or peripherals or something like that. So it could theoretically shift the market entirely of like who makes what and who buys what. From whom. Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. I never thought about the uh, the graphics card manufacturers becoming even more of a niche market. Because it's yep. like, if we're at the speeds where I don't have to invest in a $1,500 computer or $800 computer, I can just use my iPad and a controller and play whatever I want wherever I'm at. No, I'm not going to buy a big rig if I don't have to. So That's I'm crazy. imagining a dystopian future. So like, uh, have any of you ever heard the Rush song, Red Barchetta? Uh, no. I haven't. It's not something a Jedi would tell you. Um, but... So the thing is, with that song, it's this dystopian future, and apparently, like, vehicles have been banned, like, entirely, like, no one's allowed to have a car and stuff, and it's mostly just machines and public transportation, that kind of thing. And this guy and uh, his uncle have restored this old working sports car, and, you know, they drive it up and down, breaking the law. I'm imagining something like that, but, like, this guy's singing about an NVIDIA 1080 Ti all to himself, sitting there in his house in his case, you know, just some kind of obscure graphics card or something like, like, wow, look at this. What was this? Well, back in the day, sport, you used to have to have your own <laughs> graphics card at your house. If you wanted to play uh Fortnite three. I Do mean, we see a resurgence of like PC gaming because of the streaming, you know? Yeah. I it would wouldn't so. be PC <laughs> gaming anymore. They'd be gaming from their phones, tablets, whatever. There wouldn't be PC gaming. Cause you wouldn't have to, have a PC. But see, that's the whole thing. A personal computer, if you're using your tablet or a phone, that is your personal computer. Uh, yeah, well, technically. But I'm just saying, in the way that we think about PC gaming now, it, it wouldn't exist then. Like, it would just uh, well, it'd be a small, I mean, just, small niche market. At the same time, my dad's put 4,000 hours in on Skyrim on a laptop, and, you know, I sit here with the desktop and play clickers. <clears throat> so, I mean, people were weird anyway. So... <laughs> I just think the whole thing of like, you know, Sony versus Microsoft, this and that, um, because the thing of it is, I think Sony will be late to the party as ever. uh, And, you know, that'll be a thing in the future. But like, why have a console war when anybody, when everybody's on equal footing, basically? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo Switch has been streaming games for a year or two now. Um, Mm -hmm. Like in Japan, they have Assassin's Creed. Uh, Origins. I think they have Odyssey. They have Resident Evil 7 on the Switch over there because they can stream it. It doesn't matter about the Switch processing power. So, like, they have these higher-end games that people don't want to put in the work to make them work on the Switch. So they just put it on a streaming platform, which is probably less work. Um, And especially with assets and everything, not having to downgrade anything or worry about anything. Thing. Uh, you're just streaming it at that point and Switch has been doing that so I could see the Switch being bigger into that in the future. Of course Microsoft not existing. Google Stadia doing great and PlayStation is so they're so stingy yeah, that they don't I, they're I gonna miss to say the boat. Too, the missing the boat thing like but even with games and stuff like I, I feel like we hit a plateau of like graphics because yeah like everything that they're doing now to quote unquote improve graphics, like ray tracing, for instance, is a, a very niche thing that I I think about eleven out of ten people I talk to don't give a shit about. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't like, give a graphics. There's a certain thing, like I mean, the, 
you know, there's just a certain thing about it where like, you know, it, we pushed and we innovated for so long and stuff like that. And then we got to the point where, you know, your, your baby boomer parents would walk in and go, Oh, that looks just like a movie. Um, and they meant it. It looked as real, you know, to life as, as they would like it. But the thing of it is most people don't like real to life graphics. They like a slightly stylized thing. And I feel like graphics just aren't really a thing anymore. Like to be, her butt in the game near Automata had more polygons than like the entire game of Mario 64. So <laughs> there's only like so much that you can do. Like, and it's, you're, you're just going to be trying to find things that are just as niche as you can possibly get um, to update the graphics on because like, what are you, what are you really going to do? So I feel like people buy games now because of either it's a franchise they love it's got gameplay they want to try out or some other factor like like smash ultimate is a very pretty looking game but i would not say it is the graphically greatest game i've ever seen in my entire life it's it's fine there's nothing wrong with it it doesn't look bad it doesn't look i mean there's nothing wrong with it but it's not like some dude you know with a fully modded arma 3 thing that's you know you can only get one frame if you move but if you stand still the camera it looks like a photograph or something like that well i mean it's, usually Usually, when it's I hear just... someone discussing a game and they talk about graphics and they and, and they use that word and I know it's not something that's trying to be uber realistic, then I'm like, okay, so I'm talking to a casual, because right. you know, usually if someone's talking about Breath of the Wild, <laughs> they'll say the art style. They won't say the graphics, because it's like that yeah, game art style never... and graphics are two different things, and people care a lot more about art styles than they do graphics nowadays. Yeah, like if they brought up the graphics, it's like, what do you mean brought up the graphics? I guess because it's in 3D, but the thing looks like a living, breathing painting. It's not supposed to be any kind of realism, and graphics usually implies, you know... Realism. realism. Dylan, what were you going to say? Sorry. Sorry. Uh, I was, I was going to say that was a really good point. I hadn't thought about graphics. Um, they, now that I think about it, now that you've said it, I haven't really seen a huge difference in graphics in the past few years. And even no, if, I mean, even if a game like that. Smash has, you know, not the top-tier graphics of what it is now, it's still very much a playable game. Mm-hmm. Well, well, graphics have nothing to do with, with Smash because you have an art style from every different game. Like, you have Mr. Game & Watch, who's literally a 2D character fighting a Pokemon who is very rounded out, fighting Ganondorf, who has a lot of detail. Um, and I don't know, Mr. Game Watch, Mr. Game Watch is pretty pixel perfect, and I quite enjoy it. Shut it's up! On par. I love Mr. Game Watch. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, you ought to well, use like, like uh, his creepy octopus finisher. Yeah. So my whole thing though is with that, like you know, we we kind of got to a point where like, well, let's let's talk about the game from last year that dominated everything. Fortnite. Like yeah. Fortnite was everything last year. I don't think anybody was sitting there at home doing like ray tracing graphics comparisons between shadow of the tomb raider and like Fortnite. they're completely different games and that like Fortnite showed that like style is like one thing and then apex comes out and apex has a completely different art style than Fortnite, but they're essentially the same fucking game because battle royales are repetitive um but like at the same time you know <laughs> it, it's one of those things where like yeah, it looks great too, but like it doesn't matter at a certain point. Like you just you get to yeah. where like what does it matter? You know. Well, no, you no, might. I see... used to. 
I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go. No, you go ahead because I was I was gearing the conversation back towards the stadia. So you go ahead and say. Your uh, thing. Well, I was, I was going to say I used to hear gra- graphics being a part, big part of the Battlefield franchise. Um, yeah, yeah. You that was one of the main almost marketing points. People would just talk about how good the graphics looked, and now it's just like. Something like Fortnite, it doesn't that have. Used to be, you, you remember back in the day, there used to be the COD versus Battlefield every year. Like, like people would be sitting there rubbing their hands together, like, "All right, <laughs> all right, this is the year that uh, the Battlefield is going to put Call of Duty out of business. They won't make another Call of Duty after this Battlefield." Yeah, and one of the main talking points for that is, well, Battlefield has better graphics, but now it doesn't even matter. No. Because they went with a World War II game, and everyone knows in World War II games, you have to have a green or gray filter over every fucking thing, no matter what. That's how because this is. Apparently, it was never bright and sunny during World War II. That's how it looked. Look at the history book. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Just like in Battlefield 1, apparently, your eyes had fucking lens flare back in, you know, the, the early, uh, like the 1910s. Yeah, even. Yeah. even Complete like a dark map lens flare. Yeah. Uh, but, oh. Jesus. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, I think we're, we're definitely to a point where, like, now, because I, I, okay, so I have a 1080, you know, tie in, in my rig, and I love it. It's fine. I definitely am not looking to upgrade anytime soon because it's completely unnecessary for, uh, I'd say around 15 out of 10 of the games that I play. Um, it's just, it's overkill. So most people, when they're asking me, like, "Oh, hey, I'm you know building a computer. What would I do and stuff?" I'm always like, "Just go with like a 1050 Ti, <laughs> you know, or go yeah. like I always suggest like a much cheaper card because, like, it, it's with with the big cards and stuff like that. It's it's the Jurassic Park thing of like you know, uh, <laughs> I, I I just was so concerned concerned about uh, if I could, I didn't stop to think if I should, like when I when I put it in there." Um, and like, it really has not made that big of a difference. So I feel like with most of the technology that I've seen and stuff, those cutting edge, you know, cards and stuff, they have just so many of them in those like cloud, like computing rigs. It's just like to a point of ridiculousness that you just really need to put just your bare minimum stuff now, because, you know, your, your average flagship phone now is coming with a either a 1440 display or a full 4k display and you know they have eight gigs of ram or 12 gigs of ram in them now and stuff like that that's obviously enough to run like almost anything uh you know your your smart tv processors and stuff obviously have to be pretty decent to uh, actually display 4k content and all that kind of stuff in the first place so i feel like we've kind of uh set this up you know for these tech companies by getting excited about all these you know uh, processes and services that they already sell us. Like we've already put so many of these devices in our houses that yeah. even if you have a smart TV that doesn't have the the technical term the Haas to run a game, that a shiny Fire Stick or Roku stick that you have sticking out of it probably does. Yeah. So to gear it back towards the city itself, um, like we kept talking about graphics, which is good. We bring up graphics because that plateau may have to stay there because of the demands of the Stadia to run properly. Because there's a controller, the the way that they deal with input lag is they have their own controller that connects to the Wi-Fi that knows you're playing the game on your phone or tablet or whatever. And mm-hmm. 
So you have the, the the controller connected to the internet, and you are streaming the game from the internet as well. You need 30 um, megabits per second for the game and 25 for the controller. Yeah. And, but see, um, that kind of wireless technology has come so far in recent years, though. Like, wireless mice and keyboards and stuff like that were, like, basically a joke. Even, I'd say, you know, 10 years ago, but, like, 7 or 8 years ago, they were still like a joke, and then now, like, most of them are pretty solid. Like, most people wouldn't notice a difference. But that's still talking to something directly. Now your controller, you press a button, it's got to go through the internet to their server, and then come back and show it on your screen. Like, to deal with that, you have to get the Google first-party controller to not deal with the lag. And we still don't even know exactly. Once you get into someone's home, who runs at about 30 megabits per second um, average... Uh, you you've got to put that in their home, and we have to see what they're going to do because that that's that's running 1080p is 30, and the average yeah. that we talked about earlier, the uh, American average is 25. So we're not even at the average we need to stream the 1080p. We're barely at it average to use the controller they want us to use to avoid input lag. So at the moment. So once Games. again, the rich get richer because well, the people that can afford to live in places with better internet and have better internet will have a better experience for the product anyway. I feel I like think you're, I think you're a commie at heart. I mean, you know, who like who would <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> I just want to bring up this real quick because we talked about earlier Microsoft being a service-based uh, company and we talked about them, you know, going kind of software service-based. Um, the way they do their games that were all exclusive to Microsoft over the last year, Crackdown 3, State of Decay 2, Sea of Thieves, and Forza, none of those were really demanding games. It's almost like they know, let's start gearing our games towards, we look at the gameplay, except for Sea of Thieves, we look at the gameplay first, and <laughs> we, uh, you know, we, we base the game around that. Kind of like what Nintendo has done forever uh we just worry about the gameplay the game is what matters and the art style slash graphics are secondary as long as you have a great game and um i think that they're already getting there to where they could jump into streaming and their first party games would do just fine now google has made the mistake of hiring for their you know their president or vice president of the whole company was uh the co-creator of Assassin's Creed, Jade Raymond, who we discussed on last week's podcast. And if there's anything Assassin's Creed has not been known for, it's optimization and knowing their limits when it comes to their graphics. Well, and also uh, the fact that the first Assassin's Creed being the best of the series and all of them are just uh, <clears throat> hoping to live up to that eventually. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. Of course not. No, I'm... Of course, I'm not serious about that. The, I'm <laughs> you would actually even accuse me of that. Okay, I'm just okay. That's just the last thing I wanted to say about Google Stadia is that I feel like they don't wait. Wait, did the first Assassin's Creed game even have a voice protagonist? Yeah, yeah. Uh, name one line he said. It's so, not a memorable game. <laughs> so if if those where am I? I guarantee you he said where am I. <laughs> If those are your closing statements on the streaming stuff, I would like to give my um, yes. Everyone, give a closing statement on what they think about our streaming podcast that will be streamed. 
I'll go last. Anyone else? All right. I just I just want to say that streaming is obviously the future. So I think the thing that we can all be uh, be sure of is that the revolution is coming and it will be streamed in 4K. Okay. Okay. Well, my my closing remarks are: if you can stream uh, 4K YouTube videos and browse Twitter, you have more than enough internet speed to stream games. As long as these uh, companies actually follow through with what they're doing, then I don't think internet speed is a huge deal. If, like I said, if you got 4K YouTube video streaming and Twitter, you have more than enough internet bandwidth to play these games. So you're going the old optimization route. <laughs> On the companies to actually optimize their product. Hmm, interesting strategy. Well, well, well. Josh says it's a nice at the end. That's good. That niceness sets up very good and proper for the negative zone. Our favorite. <laughs> it, it is our it is our favorite. Um, who wants to start with the negative zone? Who's got some grievances they want to air? I'll go. Okay. <laughs> So Everyone at all once. week, all week, I've had to listen to people complaining because they got they done got bamboozled by Obsidian. <laughs> uh, they're so upset. <laughs> they're so upset that uh, the Le Epic Gaming Store will get Outer Worlds, and it has been the most awful thing I've seen. I've seen like memes and just tons of shit posting about epic games uh and all, all that kind of stuff and it's it's cracking me up because it, it's like people are defending <laughs> people are defending steam like it's their waifu and i'm surprised <laughs> i haven't seen more like steam chan memes where like people have actually made steam their waifu and are protecting it from uh, the Chad Epic Store, um, and it's it's just it's super funny. Uh, but I've, yeah, because seeing that and it's really really sad. Yeah. Now the one thing that I did like was the fact that um, I did find out that they announced Half Life Three and that it will be exclusive to the Epic Store. Oh, what a plot twist! <laughs> But I've already joke, seen all, all the boycotts of boycott this game and don't yes. do this and you know somehow EA bad even though it's epic somehow it's the same thing. Well, ask uh, Dylan. EA is always bad. That's true. Yeah, we know. <laughs> okay, so my main thing is you know. It, Epic made a statement, you know, about the the Metro sales, and they said, you know, obviously it's not about the platform, it's about the game. So as much as they want to buy out the exclusive rights to help their platform, they are also recognizing the efforts of the game makers and saying, listen, this is this is the the game itself is good, no matter where you got to play it. Like just just for instance, I recently bought Watch Dogs for the same price as an energy drink, the first Watch Dogs on Steam. This same sale was going on in Uplay, and I really wish I would have bought it through Uplay because it's a pain in the butt to play Ubisoft games through Steam. So um, Far Cry New Dawn, before it goes off sale, I think I may buy it, and I will not be buying that game through Steam. I'm going to go buy it through Uplay because 
Steam does a lot of frustrating things, and I get it. All the offers, all the all the stuff they offer me with user reviews, with the community, with you know the mods that are built into it, all that stuff. I, I recognize the efforts that Steam's put forward, but I also a I recognize the publishers that I want to support, but b I recognize all the crap that I go through with Steam, like trying to become Discord, and now everyone can try to like chat. With this little companion Steam pop up and yeah, like let me opt out of some of your dumb new features. How about that? All I gotta say is fuck Steam's hard work. What about my hard work that goes into my dollars that I spend on my game? I'll spend them on whatever dead damn platform I want to. And if I want to use that shady site based in the EU to dodge Alabama taxes to buy my games, I'll do it. Oh man. Okay. uh, Anyone else got any negative zone stuff? I do not. I'm, I'm sure Dylan something. does. Dylan, do you got something? Yeah, I got a Mortal Kombat grievance. Look, oh, Ed Boone. Okay. Look, Ed Boone. You you want to get on Twitter and you want to talk about uh, you know maybe maybe Rain will be in this game, or maybe not. Fuck you. <laughs> right, right. Your entire fan base wants Rain in the game. Okay. Where is he? There was a leaked <laughs> roster. There was a leaked roster. Rain wasn't on there. If Rain is not in this game, I'm still going to buy it and I'm still going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but he's man. not going to be happy about it. It makes me so mad. That's what's important. So, you know, like, when, whenever you get into the negative zone, Dylan, in your pauses, each time you pause, I just want to, like, see what your face actually is. <laughs> you're doing a whole body language thing going on wherever you're sitting at the moment. I, as I was the actually... person you're upset. At, I can see you. He, I, he rants give you a like a football image. coach gives advice. Yes, I'll give you a mental image. Okay. Okay. So let's let's say just then, I got really close to the mic like I am right now, and then I point at the screen like I'm actually talking to someone. <laughs> okay. I don't know about my facial expressions, but that, that's the gist. I want you to start, every time we go to the negative zone, you post a Snapchat story of your negative zone rant. That's what I want to see. Uh, I have one thing I want to throw out there. Um, and I had something that was about streaming subscriptions, killing indie gaming. And then uh, in between that time, um, we had a Nindies Direct uh, from Nintendo, and um, we had them give out their top 10 best-sold games. Um, And my negative zone turned into kind of a positive because I listened to a couple people, and they talked about how really the platforms that, um, that, that foster indie game development and indie game sales, they're the ones where games will sell really well, and most indie games right now for the last two years have sold best when they've come out on switch and that's nice to know that indie games still have a home even if they had to bounce around between whoever's best um but i am still fearful that in the future 10 maybe 15 years from now indie games really won't exist because of streaming services and it'll be like we went back to the 90s when you had to put a game on a cart or else no one could play it except for the very niche pc audience and i feel like that's going to go away the indie games are going to get bought up of their quality or if they haven't made the right impression on people they will just die off and that's unfortunate i would like to say this um I don't know Microsoft's strategy, but I'm going to assume, and this is what I definitely know Google's strategy is going to be, because it wouldn't make sense if not, 
is that Microsoft streaming service is going to be a service not just for the gamers, but also for the developers to host their soft to host their games. Google obviously is going to have to do that because they don't make games. Um, so it could, in a way, ease what they have to do as long as the well, however the resources resources will be managed, like the actual virtual machine resources will be managed. I think it could ease some of the process. Oh, Perhaps. I don't. I, I don't mean just the streaming thing. I meant actually, literally, Game Pass, the game, the Xbox ten dollar a month thing. Like any games that are on there, barely get anything because they're just a small fraction of what people are paying for. And it's kind of like you know an indie movie on Netflix. It's like yeah, people will see it as they scroll past it to the game they really want to play. <laughs> like it's it's, it's, it's unfortunate. Not, you know, definitely not Death Note on uh, Netflix. Don't watch that. This, this I have not watched it, sound. but I never watched the anime, don't. so I probably wouldn't be disappointed. Don't. Yeah, no, I would be. Yeah, I bet. Be. I bet that Amazon's going to get into this uh, field eventually because they're all about the cloud, and then that's where everyone can host their terrible indie games. Oh. So, Amazon uh, presents well, itch.io. No, I, you know what? I think you guys have forgotten about something. You're talking about terrible indie games and stuff like that. No, what about the indie games? There's always a Google Play Store. They can just dump that shit there for people to play on their phones when they're bored of Fortnite. I guess that's somewhat true, unless people just want to play Assassin's Creed from their phones, because that's the future that may be less than a year away. And there's also Stardew Valley on mobile now, so hey, you got that going for you. I, I do believe, however, um, me and Spencer at least are primarily referring to those who, any games whose resources require a bit more than yeah. just what a, a, a mobile phone platform can provide. Well, back in my day, you just like got bought up by a major studio, and there wasn't any competition. So, like, if it's just like these homeless people, just go buy a house. Like, it's not that hard. If you don't want to be an indie game, just get bought out by a mega corporation. Like, yeah. duh. Like, yeah. how hard is that to do, really? I just, I'm afraid of the day. I'm just, I don't know. I don't know. This is, this, oof. kids. Embezzle your student loans to actually pay for your game that you're going to make that you'll definitely make your investment back on because you have the best game. You listening to this right now, you have the best game idea and no one is as original or clever as you. You can be the one to do it. No, it wouldn't work for anybody else. But you, you specifically person hearing (laughs) this, you know I'm talking to you. You can do it. You You can get that game made and live your dream. So, you know... Do crimes and all that kind of good stuff too. Yeah, you could make the next poop in my soup. You could make the next ninja pizza girl. You could make the next whole story. You could make. Uh, the... You could make the next Minecraft. Please, somebody do it. Fuck Notch. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad. I was. I was really. I was stretching for the most random indie game names I could think of. Anyway, <laughs> I believe that's Night the in the Ghost game. Lights. <laughs> you were making stuff up. To be honest. Oh, Night in the Ghost Lights? Yeah, the person who uh, who made that Kickstarter did make shit up because that, that was never a fucking game that got delivered. That's true. I'm sorry, Lee. Thank you for having <laughs> me back that eight years ago. Still not over it. I'm so <laughs> mad. They went on to another game and everything. I don't... They should have... We should be able to sue people on Kickstarter that fail yeah, to make I a can, game and then move on I to another game. I can look forward to playing it on my PlayStation 3. I mean, look at Hex Heroes. Not only is that developer an anti-Semite, but he didn't finish the game. 
I mean, one of those things I can forgive, and <laughs> no. not, not finishing games. <laughs> okay, all right. So you better, the, you better finish your damn game. When racism comes into play, we know the podcast is over. Thank no, you. That's every- when it's just starting. So. Oh God! Thank you, everybody, for listening. Our names are Spencer, Joshua, Hannah, and the banana. And uh, this has been the Gaming News Power Power brought to you by Take the Studios. You can find us on all social media collectively at Take the Studios on YouTube.com slash Take the Studios for uh, gaming tournament for charity videos and other stupid horror scary stuff. And uh, you can also be sure to share this podcast, rate this podcast, comment on this podcast, and if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Anyone want to give out their online handles? Mine is at SYCO1316. Mine is that. Okay. I was just going to let everybody know that uh, if they are very interested in Anna the Banana and his EA rankings, he's available on SiriusXM on his uh, radio show, The Banana Hammock, so they should give that a check. Where I... You know, banana, EA, all fucking day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. My uh, handle is uh, jshoemakerdev, and that's just on Twitter. That's the only place that you can do that. Anyone else? Is that the I end? Don't talk, I, don't there? Talk to, uh, I don't want to talk to this kid after I gave him bad advice about his game making it, because it, it's he's going to fail. <laughs> well, I guess we're at the end. So... Goodbye. Yep. Yep. Be gay and do crimes. Time once again for everyone to say the wrong name. My name is Spencer. I'm Jackson. No, you're I'm not. Hannah. Dylan. <laughs> Wait, was it my turn? <laughs> well, considering the other three of us have gone. Uh, yes. Hi, I am Anna the Banana. God. No. No. This is officially the worst. I understand if you turn off this podcast right now, but please don't. Because now, let's get on to the icebreakers. Oh, God. We're not leaving that. No. Please, no. No. We're leaving it. Icebreakers? What you been playing lately? Oh. Anybody? No. <laughs> Please. No. 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 Hi, guys. It's Anna the Banana. <laughs>
I've been playing Mortal Kombat X. Oh. Uh, the okay. Game. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, is, that's it. Not, that's all you got to say. <laughs> is the old Mortal Kombat? Is it like the iPhone 10? Is it a 10 or is it an X? Is it a Roman numeral or is it a letter? Like I don't. Which is it? It's actually what the um yeah the ancient Romans used to play. Oh, okay. I thought they just like oiled up each other and got gay with one another in a circle. I want to mute my mic and scream. No, man, we're doing great. <laughs> okay, can we literally start this over, Spencer? I no, let's go. I, 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 vote, I, I vote for it starting over as well. Please, I vote. Please. Uh, uh, uh I like it. Okay. No, no, no. no we're not start going over to and do it right. He can do his Anna the Banana intro. Like immediately after Josh, like it. Uh. What was wrong with my anime? anime? This podcast sounds like Bill O'Reilly will. That's all I'm saying. Oh, if you thought last episode was bad because it was just me and Lee going over the rundown, this episode is worse. It's you, way you worse. Keep, you keep talking to him in that direct way. That makes me think you're not going to start this over and it's making me bad. No, I'm speaking to the audience because they are the ones that no. are, are graciously listening to us. I will yeet myself right out of this chat. I don't need this in my life. <laughs> okay. I don't right. need the good name of Anna the Banana attached to this podcast. <laughs> okay. All right. Here, I'm stopping. And welcome to the Gaming News Power Power brought to you by Take the Studios. My name is Spencer. I'm Hannah. Dylan. Hi. My name oh, is shit. what? My name is <laughs> My name is Slim Shady. Oh god. Uh...